What's going on, good people? And welcome back to another episode of Live by the Three with your boy Curly. Give me a follow on Instagram at Live by the Period Number Three and on Twitter. I think should I start calling it X now? I think I like the I like the way Twitter sounds. So we'll still go with Twitter at Live by the Zero Three. This is episode 151. I didn't mark it down the last time, episode 150, but you know we'll mark we'll pick it up at 151 and I brought the band back together again we got mac from running off the screen and nigel nicholas the forgetful curator via raptors republic both of them from real raptors republic boys i'm gonna start with mac how you guys doing i'm doing good uh had a busy day i didn't i, I missed most of the preseason game so i'm mad about that but yeah i'm doing good and nige aka the old guy Boys, my young friends, how are you? Um, actually, I, I watched the preseason game, Mac. You missed it. It was pretty good. I'm kind of like excited, you know? I'm kind of getting into this whole Raptors team. I wasn't before, but I am now. Yeah, I think there's lots to look forward to. And, and this is what we're doing, folks. This is our preseason banter pod. Um, I've done preseason before, but I think this is going to be a much more entertaining and fun dynamic with with the boys once again and i appreciate you guys taking the time to do so out of your busy schedule especially mac who's in the process of building a starting five right <laughs> no i'm done man. salary cap is <laughs> i don't want to get him a luxury tax hey you can always get a free agent buddy get a free agent oh, to fill that extra roster spot that's true that's true ten so, day, so, ten so, day. side of 10 day <laughs> and they convert it down the line <laughs> See if they're worthy. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, gentlemen, let's get right into it. There's a lot of question marks surrounding this Toronto Raptors team, but there's also a lot to look forward to this upcoming season. New coach, new identity, players playing for something, players playing for contracts. There's a lot of interesting storylines for the Raptors, and it seems to have been a developing trend over the last couple of seasons. But this particular season seems different. We're kind of at a crossroads. And it seemed like we were treading along this line for quite some time, but more so than it was before. We're literally at a crossroad. We can either be in a development kind of direction or we're going to be building a contender. But with all this uncertainty, and let's be frank, generally created from this front office, is putting the Raptors in a high-pressure scenario. The fans are restless. We got a taste of a championship. We want more. We want a direction. But this front office has yet to commit to it. Mac, I'm going to lead you off with this. With all these storylines surrounding this team, someone or a few someones are under pressure this upcoming season. Do you have one particular person on, in mind? How do you look at this team this upcoming season? Uh, as far as pressure goes, like I wanted to lean towards a player, but I strongly feel that the pressure is on the front office, like you kind of mentioned. And, you know, it's a front office with the reputation of being very calculated with trades. Seemingly, they've fallen short recently with the recent trades, at least the ones that have been outlined uh, throughout basketball media and you know they waited what a few months too long to trade Lowry received Drogage and Precious for that then they turned uh, they turned Drogage situation into Thad Young that ended up having us push back our pick <laughs> 13 slots that we always talk about 
in a situation where we missed out on Christian Braun, uh, Walker Kessler, Andrew Nembard, you know, like I'm happy for Coloco being on our team, but, you know, you always got to think about what could have been. And then, you know, you think about Nembard's situation and, and Fred leaving. Imagine if we had Nembard waiting in the wings. That situation would look a little bit more cleaner and make us a little bit more ease, uh, our mind at ease if we had a guy like Nembard in the, uh, waiting in the wings, per se. Um, but yeah, this year goes along and our team, or last year, sorry, our team's not in the best shape and then we're starving for a direction, like you mentioned, um, struggling to win games. Then we double down and we and we pick up uh, <laughs> Pirtle, trading our top six protected picks. So it's like they're always doubling down and trying to lean into staying competitive. And we're at like the brink right now with the five free agents. So I think this is a year that has a lot of pressure on this front office because now they're almost forced to pick a direction. Yeah, we got brilliant points. Nige, where where do you stand, brother? Uh, first of all, I'd like to say, Curly, that introduction you gave was magnificent. It was like very dramatic. You were like a storyteller telling your tale, my friend, and I like it. Okay, I like this new Curly guy. Okay. You're a gentleman and a scholar. I am indeed. I'm both of those two, actually, now I think about it. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I don't think there is much pressure on this team, to be honest with you. I really don't see it. Zach Lowe put us down as like the 30th team in the league or something like that, in that those kind of numbers. Um, we're kind of expecting this team to be worse than before. So there's all kinds of situations there that kind of nullify the pressure. Um, Darko's a new coach. Masai has kind of, you know, redeemed himself a little bit with the with the Darko coaching hire. If at this point the vibes are good, and as long as they stay good, I I think everyone's okay. But if they go, if it's if we end up in the thirtieth spot, then yeah, this this team is going to be a, in a lot of trouble. I think Masai is going to have some situations. Uh, guys like Siakam are going to be in a lot, lot of scenarios too, right? He wants a big extension. OG wants an extension. There's a ton of players who want an extension out here, right? We got five of them, right? So there's a lot. There's there is pressure, but I don't think there is pressure. Do you know what I mean? There's two different things going on at the same time. Yeah, I I agree. Um, both of you guys made brilliant points, but I think because there's still that uncertainty, by default, it's creating a pressure because you just don't know which direction this team is going to be heading. And, and I mean, for the most part, we kind of have an idea. They let Fred go, um, regardless of... He didn't leave, let him go, though. They well, didn't let him go. He went, well, right? You, you're right. He He did leave. He took the Godfather offer. But at the same time, too, there was opportunities where you could have created a sign and trade scenario or you could have traded him in the uh during the season and probably get something back for for him but i mean thank god we didn't do the sign and trade for kevin porter jr that would have been messy (laughs) that would have been messy that would have been messy but you know the raptors seem to like guys that uh you know messiah is that cat right like he's he's like a cat though though like he's like when 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 he's trying to (laughs) trade kyle lowry can't get rid of him Sticks around and he's got the groat, you know what I mean? So he has that yeah. in him, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, that, and that's fair. And that's fair. Either way, I, I do feel that this team is under some pressure because of all the situations that you guys have outlined. Free agents pending. We've you've seen what happened lately with that, losing them for nothing to an extent. A lot of pressure on our third year guy and Scotty Barnes, who 
seemingly has a key to the franchise. There's many ways that you can go about it. I think for me, I've been on the Maasai is under the most pressure. And I think I still think he is. But I think he's sharing that pressure with Coach Darko Ryakovich now. Uh, if you listen in the press conference on media day, he's wanting to see an all-NBA player in Pascal Siakam to see how he's going to fit in Coach Darko's system. That in itself is bizarre <laughs> on its own, to say the least. No. You know, like you got an all-NBA player, your best player, your franchise player, and then you want to see how he fits in the coaching Did you see, he, see what they said in Chicago today on their broadcast? They were talking, they said the exact same thing. You've got an all-star and you want to try and figure out how to fit him in. It doesn't, that's a, they said that's a very brave way of trying to figure out whether to give an extension or not, you know? It's yeah. Crazy. Yeah. It almost <laughs> seems like a cop-out, you know, um, trying to justify whether you know, P- Pascal is successful or not as a reason to give him a contract extension. But I think the body of work uh, speaks for itself. All NBA most improved player, all-star, champion. He's homegrown talent. Like, you struggle getting free agents here, and now you have a player that wants to be here and you're kind of playing games. I've never liked that, and it kind of fits the Raptors historically of not being able to hold on to their homegrown talent, which is sad to say. But I think for Coach Darko, I think they're putting him in a high-pressure situation where – if this team doesn't find success early or if he can't implement this, uh, a system where these players are developing at a successful rate and it's not converting into wins, it seems like to me that Masai has the perfect fall guy. You know, it, it, it's an easy opportunity to deflect the struggles and frustrations that I mean, they kind of alluded that to Nick Nurse. It seems like they're kind of setting up a similar situation for Coach Darko. Now, while he's saying all the great, all the all the right things, he's saying great things. He's spoken very highly about Pascal and all the other great players, Grady, Scotty, OG, you know, take your pick. He's saying all the right things. And we've seen the early returns in preseason with more ball movement, uh, a more high pace offense, you know, more opportunities for guys. It's a great situation for the Raptors, but I still can't shake the feeling that if the if the losses start piling up, that nobody's going to be looking to blame Masai. Nobody's going to be looking to blame Scotty or Pascal. It just seems like they're painting a very big target on Coach Darko's back. Mac, what do you think about that? Yeah, I, personally, I think Darko might not have too much pressure because like, with a new head coach on a team that has no direction, I think you can give him – I mean – a normal person would give him like three years kind of window, right? But we don't know what Masai is thinking. It, it could be a fall guy. Like, hey, he's a new coach. He doesn't know what he's doing. It's his fault, you know? Uh, one thing I don't understand is what you guys were saying earlier is the the Pascal situation. Like, what is what are you trying to wait on? You know, I could, I could see maybe like Precious or maybe even Gary why you would say, oh, let's see how it can work. But Pascal, I don't understand. Like, and what's, and what's the alternative there? Like, is if Pascal, does, like, if he doesn't fit this system, like, do you just trade him for, like, a low-ball offer because he's on an expiring do- con- Like, what do you, like, what are you trying to get out of this situation? Or do you just lose him outright in free agency to to a team that just makes some moves to make sure they can, like, trade it or sign him without a signing trade, like Houston did with Fred? So, I, I you know, and re-signing Pascal doesn't only 
help for morale, I think, and relieving some stress in the locker room. It, it helps for, again, future trade calls. You know, a team would be a little bit more inclined to pick up uh, Pascal if he has like four years, five years on his deal than he would, mm-hmm. if you know, if he's expiring. I, I, like, I don't understand that. But yeah, I, I think I think Darko might have a little bit more of a, a longer leash because his situation, he's in a tough situation. We all see it and we all know it. So I think he's going to get a little bit more of a longer leash. Nigel, do you agree with Mac? Uh, 100%. I think uh, Darko has very there was no expectations for Darko coming into the season he was a guy that 90 percent of the fan base had no idea what his name who he was or what is where he came from or anything about him at all so to do what he's doing right now and to have the kind of energy that this team's fan base is having right now is all because of Darko and what he's hit the energy that he's brought to this team and Mac you you said it 100 I have heard of uh, players uh forcing their GM to trade them and they're getting their value lowered. I never heard of a, a GM forcing a situation where they lower the player's value before. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's it's a crazy thought, man. It's it really, really is. Like what well, what's what's the end game? Right? Like, <laughs> the end game. Yes. Right? Like now now let's we all know that it's a little bit easier when you have a player of Scotty Barnes caliber, but we don't know if he's going to be able to carry a franchise. And I mean, Pascal, we didn't know if he was going to be able to carry a franchise and he, but he has to a point. So you, you can even make an argument that you, yeah. Okay. Coach Darko might have a longer leash, but all that weight might be falling on a third year player whom you didn't even know you were going to get to yeah. begin with, right? So at least, at least with with Pascal and a player of his caliber, you have that little bit of a safety net. Like Max said, you know, you can, you know, give him an extension, and then maybe down the line, if it doesn't work out, or if you're not able to, you know, flourish in a direction that you're going in with Grady, OG, Gary, who, whoever is here, Precious, Coloco, at at least you have a player that can be a missing piece for a contending team, right? But you're not doing that with this current narrative where you're trying to see how he's going to fit in a coach's system or you're using that as an opportunity to, you know, potentially lower his contract extension, which I think is very unfair for somebody that has gotten better every season, has taken a, a lot of the blame for uh, past season struggles, not not being able to step up, but still being an effective player. You know, it could not happen to a worse person. You know what I mean? Pa- Pascal is is a player that comes in, does his job, and does it to the best of his ability. And he's a high-character guy. To see him kind of drag through the mud during this offseason and even on media day where you could have made things clear, it doesn't really sit well with me. Does it not seem personal, though? Between really Masai does. and Siakam, right? Really something, does. something. Yeah, something's going not on. Seeing. Yeah, exactly, right. That because it doesn't make sense. There's no other reason for this. Yeah, like if he was like, let's say he's like Chris Paul's age or something, and you're like, eh, I don't know about that. Okay, but he's like literally still in his prime. When is your prime end as an NBA player? Yeah. When like, especially this day and age, know, right? You know, so yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, something there's something wrong out there. I don't know what it was, and it would be very inappropriate for Masai to put his own personal feelings and emotions and towards someone else in a business situation. So I would hope that Masai is a little bit more responsible than that at the end of the day. 
I agree with that 100%. And we kind of led into our second topic with the narrative of wait and see. Masai has echoed this throughout media day and he has maintained that for quite some time you know with internal development we like our players and so on and so forth it's not too often once again and we've touched on it it's not too often that you want to see how your players fit in a coaching system it's normally okay coach here's your players get the best out of them do you feel that Masai is kind of leaving himself some wiggle room to kind of you know if the team goes in a different direction, like they, they underachieve and they end up becoming a lottery, a lottery team, for example. Do you feel that Masai is kind of creating this safe space for him to kind of steer clear of the blame? And Nigel, I'll, I'll start with you. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think Masai is very good at not doing much uh, and somehow wiggling out of the scenario. That's what I my take on him is. He puts he got he that Kawhi trade. If that's cool, if he hadn't won a championship there, if Kawhi, if we hadn't got out of that second round, we'd be in the same situation we are now, but we'd be minus a championship. You know what I mean? At least we got that stupid championship, right? So we, we you know, we've dealt with the last five, six years. It's it's you know, hasn't been the best, but we got a championship because of it, right? But if we didn't have that championship. And that was on, we were so close to knock. We were like three bounces away from knocking that championship, right? So he has a way of doing that all the time. And it worked last time. So, you know what? If something works, you don't change it really, right? And And I've said this many, many times. I even wrote a piece about it. This is not the environment that it was back in the day when LeBron was here. He was who just controlled that whole Eastern Conference, right? You knew you were you were your chances of getting to were not good. We don't have that same situation here. If we want to go, we can go, right? But you got to make that decision and go. And he just does not know how to go. Fair, Mac. How do you feel about Masai and his wait and see approach? Yeah. I mean, can, like okay. Nigel here's said, a, "Here's a better question. I'll ask you mm-hmm. this, this question. How come he and, gets a good question?" Well, you, 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 you know what? You inspired this question, so credit goes to Nigel as well. But do you think this fan base can survive a wait-and-see approach? I mean, if the team is fun to watch. Like, if it was a wait-and-see and it was last year's team, I there's no chance. We could even barely do one season. Can you imagine two, two more of those? Oh, my God. Right? Oh, my God. Right? Like, a, oh. a rebuild usually takes three to five years right so imagine you know it was entertaining oh. and so yeah i think the fan base could not take another year of that i think this team will be more fun to watch that's for sure a little bit more balanced as far as looking at the bench and uh to starter talent level you know i like schroeder in the, in the starting lineup i really like it I, I i was really early on i'm like let's start gary and let's see if schroeder can um command the second unit kind of like how Lowry did back in the day with Lowry and the he wasn't off the bench but remember with Lowry in the bench lineups where it was just very organized yeah. very clean but now I'm seeing the benefit of having Schroeder in the starting lineup and getting Gary just come in and just do what he wants <laughs> and to give him some freedom to score so I like how this team looks the wait and see it it, it jabbed us a couple of times but again it's not the end of the world right now we we have some pieces now and let's see how it goes Big push today, by the way, Mac, on uh, Twitter for Gary to get back in the lineup just because he was shooting like crazy. And 
You should have seen him today. He was, I don't know if you got the kids because of the kids, you were like looking after the kids and everything else. Yeah, it was just yeah. crazy. Hey, Nige, can, can we save that towards the end of the podcast, brother, please? I'm just saying for the people who are listening and Max saying what he said, I just want to <laughs> add in a little bit of detail underneath there. A, 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 that a little, Mac little, did not see flavor. the game. Right? A little bit of you know a little saying? flavor yeah. on top. No. Okay, okay. A little nuance, <laughs> a little nuance and context. <laughs> no, no, uh, no, that's cool, brother. I'm just bugging you. But yeah, you know, I think if you're going to take a wait and see approach, like this would be the season because we have a lot of interesting players and a lot of interesting storylines to go along with them. We got, you know, Jalen McDaniels on, on a redemption tour. I think he's very interesting. Uh, De- uh, Dennis coming off of uh, an amazing summer by his standard, Grady Dick, Scotty, there's a lot of interesting players. So I think if you are going to have a, a wait and see approach, like this would be the season. Uh, I didn't agree with that in the previous seasons for obvious reasons. And, and folks, you can go to any podcast over the last year or so, take a pick. We all voice our displeasure about that. But I think if you're going to do it, like this is the time. And, you know, when you have players like OG, like Scotty, like Precious, uh, like Gary, uh, you know, to Nigel's point, like Gary has been fantastic during the preseason, this would be the time to do it. So I'm a little bit more at ease now that we have more interesting pieces. We we have a lot of interesting storylines, like I've, I've reinforced countless times. So I think this team is going to be more fun to watch. I, I really do think so. So it leads us into our next topic, our starting five. Mac, you kind of alluded to it. Uh, I'll, I'll be honest. I wasn't too thrilled about the idea of having Dennis in the starting lineup because of his inability to, to space the floor. I told you about Dennis. I told you. Yes, yes, we know. <laughs> Max Radamus strikes again. Okay, I, I'm tired of saying that you're right. Every single time I, I'm on a pod with you, I'm tired. Mac, did you? Were you right about? Were you right, Mac? Again? Is that what happened? I was t- saying that Schroeder's gonna be a bit better than what we think on this roster. But that that Mac guy, he's good, man. I'll give it to him. I'm giving it to you, Mac. Even if Curly doesn't want it, I'm giving it to you. Mac. No, no, I'll, I'll give it to him. I'm actually gonna put his toll free line for, for for NBA readings in the bio after. Oh me no, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, man. for your basketball reading. <laughs> uh but yes you're starting five mac i I think i know where which direction you're heading in but going into the season game one who's opening up um so yeah starters would be schroeder og scotty pascal and pertle and i think the finishers which is very important as well should be schroeder gary og pascal and scotty I don't think Pirtle should be in those closing lineups. I don't know what they did today near the near the end. Mm-hmm. But I think you're going to see a lot more closing lineups where you have more spacing with Gary, a little bit more shooting and free throw shooting as well, because that's one thing that Jakob might get targeted for later in games. Nigel, I see you nodding your head. Is that your ideal starting lineup and closing lineup? So I like Schroeder in there just because he does way more than Gary, or he has them. Gary looks a lot better than he has looked in the past. His phone passes, he's rebounding, he's hustling, but his defense is still atrocious. <laughs> That's a whole different thing, right? I just think for what what did, what did Schroeder shoot last year? 32% as opposed to 37% uh, from three? We're talking about 5%. There is so much more that Schroeder does than, uh, than uh, Gary. So from defense to passing to be able to get into the into the lane, he, he does his his point of attack is so much better. He can do so much more. So for me, it was always Gary, right? 
I mean, it was always Schroeder. I'd always taken Schroeder. Closing, I think, is an interesting point. I think uh, Max's point about who closes is probably. I think it's a situation where you have when you want to win, uh, you're behind. I think you bring in Gary. Uh, when you're up, you have Yak in there, just from a defensive perspective, and keep everything nice and easy. Yeah, I'm more inclined to agree with you guys now than I was before about having Dennis in the lineup. And my fear was the lack of spacing when you have Jakob and and Scotty and Pascal on the floor at the same time. But they have found ways to be successful in the early parts of the, the preseason, and we're going to touch on that later. But I think from a perspective of setting a tone, especially defensively, you want to set that tone with Dennis in the starting lineup. So Dennis, OG, Scotty, Pascal, and Jakob. Uh, I think there's also an opportunity where you can even uh, pull Schroeder early so you don't fall too far behind and bring a player like Gary or possibly uh, Grady coming off the bench. So kind of maintain that offense. And then you can kind of stagger him with the second unit, potentially with Scotty or potentially with Pascal and kind of play off, play that, off ball that we have been seeing as of late. Um, but I think that closing lineup is probably what you want. Just the ability for Dennis creating and, and making something out of nothing. I think that's a it's a very underrated talent that doesn't get talked about enough. His ability to turn corners, get to the basket, create those free throw opportunities. Um, I'm still not sold on the shooting, but I think the Raptors have enough shooting now where if Dennis is having an off night, you got guys bringing that firepower off the bench. The Raptor, the Raptors should be more fun and and should be able to win more games because of. I think this is what Masai has wanted for quite some time, and it just has not really come together nicely. But there's more options and there's more versatility now than it was in seasons past. Mac, what did you, what would you like to add, brother? Oh yeah, so I just want to add in. We're talking about lineups and stuff. I think another thing that I, I have a close eye on is the two ways on our team. And I think Mohamedou Gay, I don't like to t- say who's going to steal a job. I think Ron Harper Jr. might be someone they think is a little bit more expendable now with the rise of Jalen McDaniels. You've got a lot of forwards and wings on your team. I think Mohamedou Gay can give you those Chris Boucher type minutes because he's literally Boucher like Jr.? a clone. That's what I'm calling and him. If you have not, him on, it's not Muhammad Yeah, Boucher, yeah, Boucher yeah. Jr. That's what he is. <laughs> yeah, like, and so if you imagine, like, if you were to put Gay in the G League without a two-way deal, someone could just snag him, and then you, he's out of your out of your out system. So I think they're going to be really prioritized bringing him along as a two-way, and then we have him as like another emergency big. Go ahead, Nigel. Um, quick question for you guys. Is Grady in the rotation? With Otto healthy? No. I don't think he's ready. So you see him 9 or 5 to start? And then coming uh, on to... Or what do you think there? What do you, what do you, what's what's progression look like for him? I think he needs 9 or 5 time. Uh, I didn't see today's game. Did he play? Was it rough? I don't know. His shooting isn't being great, but he's doing everything else pretty well, though, right? Which is <laughs> Which is the surprising part about the whole thing, right? Yeah, I mean he's 19, right? And you, you have Otto. You got to see what Otto has, and once he's healthy, that is. And if he's if Otto's healthy, McDaniel's proved that he needs minutes. 
you know, obviously Thad's not gonna minutes, but you have Gary. It's, it's a lot of it's a lot of wings in there. Yeah. Like, how do you? Yeah. It, it only took us about you know twenty minutes before Thad caught a streak. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, I, I, I'm just being real. He's like our third center, right? Yeah, Mrs. You know, Mrs. So. Thad Young, I swear we 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 love Thad. We 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 really do. Just being real, man. I mean, <laughs> Yeah, he's funny. What, what, yeah, what yeah, does he exactly. care? Eight million dollars a year. He doesn't. He doesn't even know our names. Yeah, he doesn't even know how to spell Mac, let alone. Know. <laughs> yeah, like come on, man. I swear, every other episode we use that same justification. Oh, he's making eight million. He doesn't care about what we say. You know, we might we might be surprised. Maybe one day, you know, I might, I might get a DM. Hey, I don't appreciate that trash you guys be talking. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm just saying he's not gonna get. He's not gonna. He knows he's not gonna get minutes. Like I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Um. Uh, for, for me, though, I, I think that, yes, there is an opportunity for Grady to be getting those 905 minutes and 905 reps. But I don't know if, if you were taking that 13th pick to draft a player of, of Grady's caliber only to put him in a 905, then I, I probably would have leaned in a different direction, probably getting a Kobe Bufkin, for example, somebody that you could utilize right away. You know Dante. what I mean? Keontae George is is another great example, you know, uh, another Mac uh, shout out for for uh, highlighting George. I think he's going to be a phenomenal player. So uh, I, I think it would be a wasted pick if he spent a lot of time with the 905. While I understand it, because there's a lot of players that can do not shooting wise, but in terms of what Grady can offer in terms of hustling, running in transition, being that long forward. We have enough guys that do that. Um, I think the only thing that would keep Grady in the rotation is that he would have to catch fire and hit like at least two threes a game for him to get those consistent minutes. But um, I do, I do agree. I do agree. There is a situation where I do see him in a nine Oh five, but I I don't think it's the right thing to do. Go ahead. I don't know if it's, but let's, let's face it. This kid's got like, if everything works out another 15 years in the league, right? So what what's three to six months in the nine oh five, right? If it makes him a better player, if it if it gives him those abilities, gives him that confidence, gives him some skill sets that he doesn't have right now, bring him in slowly. Why put all the pressure on him? You know, there's something to be said about that. That's like the baseball way, right? Everything comes through the minors and slowly, slowly brings it up till it's ready to be a part of yeah, the team, right? Like G G League is not a bad thing anymore, right? It's just a development thing. If you're not going to get a lot of burn on the big club, get some run here and uh, develop your game. And, you know, luckily for Grady, and sorry, probably not so lucky for Porter, that Otto Porter Jr. is very injury prone. <laughs> so <laughs> sooner or later, you know what I mean? Grady Dick will get the runway to get some minutes. So, yeah. And plus, also, I'll be covering the 905 for Raptors Republic this year. So I'd like to see him out there as well. So that, for me, it's going to be. Oh, uh... nice. <laughs> No, that, that, that's I mean, you're going to have Fre- Freeman Liberty. That's going to be a good watch. That's going to be good. That's gonna be interesting, you know? There's a lot. I wonder if Malachi, what, what's going to happen with him? Because he has not been that, you know, that's another interesting guy out there. Sorry, Mac. You go ahead. Bro. Sorry, Curly. No, you go ahead, brother. Oh, you can also throw in uh, one of the many makers that we have yeah. uh, on the squad now, you know? Tupac did McCor- you, yeah. did, did you, there was this one play uh, off a of pick and roll. Uh, he was playing defense. He came in, tagged, tagged uh, the roller, right? And then he got back, and then he blocked at the made a block right at the what do you call it at the at the rim. So he did everything, covered a guard on the perimeter, and then he came back in for for a block. I was like, wow, intriguing. This kid man. has got the talent, right? The athletic talent. The rest is game, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, 
I still think Grady is a better player than Otto right now. Oh, really? That's that's just my opinion. Um, I think there's more to look forward to with Grady for obvious reasons. I think Otto, he he is what he is. I think if you are going to give him more playing time, it's because you're looking to trade him. You know what I mean? On an expiring deal, potentially. That's a good I, point. Right? I, I, see, I see a scenario where he gets traded, they buy him out, and he ends up going to Golden State, and then they end up getting like another championship. I, I really see something <laughs> like that uh, playing out, and 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 that would be quite fitting uh, if if you know Raptors history. But um, I think it's a fair point. I think I think we're all saying the same things. There there are going to be opportunities, but at the end of the day, you want them to be successful in those opportunities and not create that um, unnecessary pressure for a young player who's going to be in the league for a long time if all goes well, right? Record, always a fun thing to predict. Currently, the betting odds are that the Raptors are at 36 and a half wins, 37 and a half wins, which I think is disrespectful <laughs> to say the least. But I think it's in great favor if you are a betting man or woman and you might you might like those odds. Uh, we'll start with you, Nige. Are you hitting the over for the 36 and a half wins this season? Yeah, I am, but I'm I'm uh emotionally committed to the Raptors. So of course I better I better go with them, right? So it's 36 and a half wins. I think I don't we got what 42 last year in a disappointing year. Four, and we 41. Lost Fred. 41. 41. 41. 41. And we lost Fred, uh, but we got Schroeder. Uh, I think our bench is a little bit better. I think uh Scotty looks like he's better. Um I love what I'm seeing right now from Darko and the ball movement and what's happening there too. So I think we're going to be a better team than last year. That's what I think, brother. So what, what does that record look like to you? I know, I know you're getting, uh, you're getting more than 500, right? So let's go. Uh, I, I, I don't see 50. That's for sure. I don't see it. Very unlikely, right? It's very unlikely we get 50. Who knows? Things happen, right? We've seen freakouts where teams do way better in the regular season than we expect, right? Yeah. But it's very rare and very unusual. Um, I I think somewhere in the forty-five, give or take one or two. You know what I mean? That's what I see. Mac, are you hitting the over on the thirty-six and a half, brother? Okay, I'll start by saying this: the the Raptors' defense is projected to be a top ten defense. Top five. Like we are top five at that right the, anyone in the nba universe will say that i don't know a world where you have a top 10 top five defense and you can't win 40 games like you that's a right so i i'm taking that over easily yep and, and what's your record looking like um i think, I'll think yeah i think they'll get like 44 45 that's i think that's a safe comfortable i think they're, they're gonna be a playing probably maybe seven seed like right, like one one game back from six, maybe, but uh, yeah, I think they're right in that mix. Yeah, I'm I'm sitting around. I'm I'm definitely hitting the over. Uh, I think they are gonna get more than thirty six and a half wins. I think if they don't, we got much bigger issues and a different. Pod it's it's injuries. About. The only way the yeah, only way is injuries. That, yeah, 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 for sure. Um, I I see like a forty three and thirty nine type of record in that play in scenario. I think if all if everything hits the way that they they want that OG gets the opportunities and he becomes a more efficient and healthy player. Gary is potentially a six man of the year candidate. Uh, all those things go well. I think 
we can make a, a case for a 44-45 win team. But there, there's still a lot of variables, uh, that a lot of things that can impact that record that I'm, I don't really want to fully commit on. But I, I would say it's a disappointment if we're sitting at 500 again. What do you guys think about that? My take is, you know, everything's going to come down to that offense, right? That's what it's going to come down to because this team is stacked defensively. Right. And you don't really need to be a great defensive coach. Let's let's go back to Nurse again. You know what? He was just trying to show off his genius. With that kind of level of defensive talent, did you really have to do all that stuff you were doing? No, you didn't. It, the real issue is that offense. If you can if Darko can do something and create space without creating shoot without shoot having shooters, that's gonna be something that will change everything completely. Here's my thing. We've seen what this team looks like on a bad shooting night. If we still have bad shooting night with uh, shooting nights with more shooters on this team, we got far bigger issues that need to be addressed. I think that yes, I agree. We're going to be fine defensively, but I don't think we've ever had a concern about what our defense is going to look like. I think the concern has always been about the offense and about the shooting and about that space that three of your five of your starting five exist in it's very hard to see how the Raptors are going to be at minimum a top 20 offense with the way that this team is currently constructed but if all goes well if that 0.5 second offense clicks if that transition offense that we've seen in the early parts of the preseason hit uh, Pascal or anyone who's used to having the ball in their hand has found success playing off ball I would feel a little bit more comfortable if we have bad shooting nights. But the good thing is, is that we have shooters now. We have more shooting coming off the bench that if somebody is falling off of the starting lineup, that we can insert a piece where might not be very strong defensively, but at least can hold their own and offer something in comparison to teams pass. You guys subscribe to that idea? Sorry, Mac, you go ahead, buddy. No, no, I was just saying, yeah, for sure, like, this team is not last year's team, not at all. Yeah. You know, and I think last year, if we subscribe to ball movement and player movement a little bit more and maybe tap into the bench a little bit more, we could squeak out more wins and have prettier offense, better shooting nights, stuff like that. A lot of our shots last year were stagnant possessions, contested shots, fadeaways when not needed to, 30 footers. And you know, like you, still, like you still kind of see it. It's still kind of lingering. They're still kind of working the kinks out, right? The, the residue is still there. Eh? Yeah. Oh man! <laughs> you know what though? I've, I've never seen them move like this. I've never seen them do the kind of things that they're doing for the last three, four years. Maybe even maybe I don't know if the championship team really had this kind of ball movement, and this kind of cutting. You know, it's uh, it's it's changed drastically. And I'm in, in such a short period of time. He, it seems like Darko has got all the players buying in. Right, that was what we always worried about. Whether I, I think he's got that. We saw today on uh, we saw Chris Boucher really happy. He, the way he talks to people, he has an infectious energy that makes people want to run through doors for him. Right, and that's what something Nick Nurse definitely did not have. Right? They want yeah. to throw him through the door. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> but I, I I feel that there there's a bit more clear understanding about what this team is going to look like in comparison to what Nick Nurse was. Like like I said, I I don't think Nick Nurse was a perfect coach. He he was a good coach. He brought us a championship, and he will always be like Nigel said. He'll be a part of Raptors lore, Raptors history. But the vibe was different. The goals were different. I think now you're seeing that you know we're we're begging for a direction, but it seems like they're leaning in the foundation once again they kind of strayed away from it you saw them scrambling after the championship to kind of hold that championship core together and it was not pretty let's call it what it is you you've hit rock bottom to an extent that there's only one way now that you can go and and that's up and we're talking about pressure i think a lot of this has to do with the success of scotty barnes i mean we haven't talked much about that we we talked about it in multiple pods before but I really feel that if the Raptors are going to take it to that next level and possibly be out of that play-in scenario, depends on the success of a third-year Scotty Barnes, right? It's a huge factor. He's a huge factor. He when he, I I put out a, a tweet today. I said uh, I'm so impressed by the way he's running the floor. He's up and down, up and down. The young man came in saying he wanted to get into condition, and he's done it. He's he's in way better condition than he was last year, and the fact that he's gained nine pounds of muscle on top of it, which is that's even harder to do, right, from a cardio standpoint, right? So it's really impressive that he's come into it with with certain goals, and he's surpassed them as far as I'm concerned right now, as at this point in the game, right? So I'm really excited for Scotty, and we've always said that Scotty has it inside him. He has it. It's whether he has the energy to actually have that it being played out on a constant basis. Mac, you have anything to add to that, bro? I mean, he's a he's a wrecking force. Like he he's athletic, he's strong, he's quick, he has instincts. Uh, all he was missing was consistent aggression, and it looks like he has that tapped in this year. He looks like he's on a mission, and you know it's going to be a big year for him. I, I could see him getting eighteen, seven, and six, which is solid. You know, I, I and I think that would be light work for him. I don't, I think he could be a twenty point score. Like if you think of it, like I think last year in the NBA, there was like. 50-something, 20-point scores. You know, like, it's the game's changed. So I think he can give you, like, big numbers, like, night in, night out. And today's game, you know, what we saw him do everything, right? We saw him block, steals, points, assists. He had he, he, he can do everything. That's what's amazing about this kid. And when he wants to turn it on, it's it's it defies understanding of why it's working. It just works, you know? And it's terrible. Can you imagine, like, seeing Pascal and Scotty running a fast break t- together i don't know did they play well off each other today they were fantastic there was a there was a great rundown the two of them took the ball pascal took it dished it off to uh scotty at the last second for a slam it was just real real okay, real so nice they were playing great together yeah so them running the floor is it's scary yeah and it was fantastic to watch i i think they've played well off each other since mm-hmm. scotty got into the league, right? Um, I you have your few lapses, of course, but I really think that they they can coexist. I I really really do, especially uh, with Pascal assuming more of an off ball role. I think that it'll be more in Scotty's favor to be in a much more successful position than not. Um, and I, I really feel that he can be more efficient this season. I'm I'm with you, Mac. I see. I my prediction is an eighteen eight and five. Lo- uh, stat line for Scotty. I I really feel that he can be a double double machine if 
if everything clicks, you know what I mean? And, you know, it leads, it leads us into our last topic preseason. Nige, you, you've been oozing with excitement. I am excited, boys. Go I'm ahead, excited. brother. Take it away. Take it away, man. I love what's going on after what has been going on. You know, we've seen, we've seen sour faces. We've seen the most boring offense in the whole world. We've seen all of a sudden everyone's in clicking together and there's an energy and there's some magic out there boys and i'm excited for it i'm really really i i, I was dreading the season i really was i thought Masai dropped the ball so many times but the one thing he's done is get he's hired darko and that has changed everything and i'm very very excited to see how this plays out mac what's your early takeaway from the preseason have you been able to watch some of the games or some of the highlights like is there something that you like dislike yeah, I watched the first uh, two games, and things I I liked is that I like that we have athletic guards with uh, Freeman Liberty. Uh, I like um, the addition of McDaniel's. He gives us a little bit of a different look from what we're used to. He almost looks like he was made in a lab, like a Raptors lab. You know that six <laughs> nine guy who's athletic, <laughs> can dribble, can shoot, can play defense, can switch. Yeah. He, like, he's that's the Raptors exactly two K player. He's a, he's a 2K yeah, you know, player. I mean, 2K build, you know. So, yeah, the one thing I I, I made the episode, uh, a, to- a topic on my last episode about Malachi. And, you know, I saw some tweets just now and people were not really. No, you had a bad feeling. game. No. Yeah, he had a bad game. And, you know, and I think it was the first game he had a trouble like processing things a little bit too consistently. Like it was just too much of him taking too long to see what's going on on the floor. I think it's time. Like, do you think it? It's can we trade him? What do you see a situation where we just ride out the season with him? That's that's the one thing I'm I'm trying to take away from this preseason. Like, who's the backup guard? That's what I want to find out. He doesn't exist. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> that, 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 that's the thing. It doesn't exist. I I think uh, for for me, sorry, sorry, Nigel, let me to cut you off. No, 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 Poor Dalton, sorry. Yeah. yeah, sorry. He yeah, yeah, yeah today, even, did he? even, even Dalton too, right? So like, they have options. Um. I, I I'm a huge Dalton fan, yeah, as you guys know, and I and I know you guys are fond of him as well. I think there is an opportunity where he could probably be be baby Dennis in, in a way. Dennis. Right? You know, being um he's always cool under pressure, makes the right reads, plays great defense, looks for his opportunities when it's available. It's it's very Dennis Sh- uh, Schroeder like, right? Um in terms of Malachi, I think what do you want him to do? What is his role? I, I think him being a a creating guard, that's not him. He's a small two guard, right? And his uh, his ability to, you know, knock down the three when, when it's available, I think you got to lead into that more. Let him play more of that off-ball role. Take it out of his hands. I think that's the only way you're going to see what you got with him. Uh, you're seeing what you get with him with the ball in his hands. And to me, his most success as a Raptor has been off ball, playing off of somebody. You know what I mean? Taking advantage of those opportunities. Go ahead, Mac. So so, I, so I you're saying his the way to optimize his, his abilities is to play two guard lineups with Dennis? Yeah, I think so. Mm. Potentially. or Or even if you want him to bring up the ball, stagger him with a Pascal or a Dennis or a Scotty where guys can create and he can find that success off ball, right? And spot up and knock it down, right? Mm. I, I think that's the only way to do it. Um, 
do you write out the season with him? No, I think because he's still young and his contract is, is, is affordable, put him in a position to be successful. You, you, you've echoed this throughout from Masai, Darko. There's going to be opportunities. Let him get all the opportunities, potentially boost his trade value and turn him into something that can be much more productive and more reliable. And, and more importantly, somebody that you're, you believe in. I, I just don't see the belief in Malachi anymore. And I, and I really feel that him lingering is, is that pride thing and that ego thing that Nigel has mentioned tons of times that Masai wants to see this kid thrive to kind of be like, Hey, you know what? I, I did all right with that pick. You know what I mean? Nigel, you got, I know, I know that brain is good. The gears are turning brother. Go yeah, ahead. no, I, for me, the thing with Malachi is okay. So uh, I don't know how many of you guys were at the Raptors uh, Republic uh, thing last year uh, in around Christmas time or November. Uh, they had a coach there from the nine Oh five. And he said, when you're a nine Oh five player, that type of player trying to get in the league, you probably have about 20 seconds to prove you're, you're in there or you don't. You either make those shots or you don't make those shots. And Malachi has had a lot more than 20 seconds to do those things. And for me, it's a mental thing. He just does not know how to, to close those situations out and make the shot when he needs to make the shot to get to be that guy. You know, he gets into positions to be that guy. He just doesn't know how to close those positions out. Right. And that, you know, there's 450 of the greatest players ever to play this game right now, alive, play, right? It's not easy. That fine line between talent and it's divided by mentality. Everything else is mental. And at this stage, it's all, you've got to be 100% confident. If you don't, it's not going in. And that's, uh, to me, where Malachi's failure is. I, I want to add to that. Uh, while I don't disagree, I, I will challenge the idea that he hasn't been in a position to be successful. It was kind of like go and create something out of nothing. I, I would like to see him get maybe. I think 10 he's games. had the chances, though. Don't you think he's, he's, he's had, had the chances? He's right? had the chances, but in an offense that was very ISO heavy, that there wasn't a lot of off ball movement. There wasn't, there was sporadic transition opportunities i want to see how he looks like in an actual system where there's an opportunity for him not to be in iso situations or iso heavy situations i want to see how he responds to off ball if he can't knock down at least one three a game then absolutely he's expendable at that point but i i do feel with his ability that he has shown in college with the ability of the raptors showing the uh the opportunities to run a pick and roll. I do see a, it's not a very large window, but I do see a small window for Malachi to have some sort of success. I, I don't know if it's going to happen. I do think confidence has a lot to do with it, but I also feel with the way that this Raptors team is currently constructed under coach Darko, that there might be a little opportunity for him. Matt, go ahead, brother. I see the, I, I know where the pushback is going to be coming from though. Because you see a guy like Dalton who had less of a window to work with provide a little bit more upside as far as a backup guard. And he's in a situation where he's probably not even going to make the team, right? And then you have Malachi. This is, what, his fourth year now, right? So it's wow, like... Wow, four years, <laughs> man. Come on. Yeah, because Scotty's in his third year. So yeah. Malachi's before Scotty, right? That's crazy. Yeah. So it's like, it. that's where it's tough. 
right? He he had a few years here. I know he didn't get all the minutes in the world. His first year, he did have a lot of flashes. One rookie of the month, one of the months. But it's like, what? Okay, what have you done for us lately? And I think when we look at Downton, uh, we look at Freeman. Lib- I always bring up that name now, but Lib- Freeman Liberty. Uh, what a great um, name, huh? What a great name. Yeah, it's great to say. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> it just rolls off the tongue. It's <laughs> such a cool name. That is the coolest name ever. You know, and, and the guards are a dime a dozen in NBA, right? So it's like, how much time are you going to invest in? And Malachi is 25. That, yeah. That's not old per se, but right. I'm sure there's some 23, 22 year old guards out there that you can kind of. Bring into your system and see what they can do too. And can so, play the same know. kind of level he's playing at now, right? Yeah, so it's a, a little bit of a tricky situation there. I'll be and honest. You know what? Sorry, Mike. Uh, sorry, Curly. I just want to say one thing. If in this environment with Coach Darko being the way that he is, of what we've seen of him, right? If he can't show it, I don't think there's any chance of it really, because this is a very comfortable scenario built around player development. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I agree. I agree. And Mac. I did not know he was in his fourth year, so I, I might be changing my tune a little bit. You don't. You, you forgot. You mean you yeah. forgot? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you, you know what I think it is, boys. I think you get old. I, no, no, that's your department, brother. That's your department. Hey, hey, all of us, brother. We're all going down together. <laughs> Brother, I, I'm gonna hit you up for that early bird breakfast. I love me a good breakfast, man. We're gonna we're gonna get up nice and early, six a.m. We're, oh, we're gonna hit up the breakfast spots. I'll I'll roll you in on your wheelchair, okay? <laughs> um, you know what I think? Why I want Malachi to succeed? Because he could have been Desmond Bain. He could have been Desmond could, Bain. That could have been. Why did I betray him? We could have had Desmond Bain. So I want oh, to see, okay, okay, okay. I want to see him succeed, so I could feel a little bit better of missing. It out happens, though, right? It happens. That happens. But no, it happens. It's not a lot of things. It happens too much to us. I am tired of it. I don't know. I don't know about that. I, I disagree I, with that. I, I, I think we've done really well from a historical perspective on our draft. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm not unhappy with Messiah on his drafting. That's well, well, well. That's because he only has one pick every three drafts, and he keeps <laughs> trading them away. <laughs> So of course you're going to be satisfied with it. There's no room for disappointments. Wow, you're on a roll today. You're on a roll today. I will say that for all those out there who are listening right now, uh, I got my took my shaved my hair down, and uh, Curly said that I look like a what? Curly, a brown almond. <laughs> He's on a roll today. It's a gloss He's, He's a gloss Oh god! Anyway, oh man, uh, yeah, this is this is what we do, folks. You know, we get together and we just <laughs> we go off the rails. Um, uh, well, one thing I want to touch on before we get out, actually, a couple of things. Uh, we'll we'll stick with the Raptors related topic. Uh, I saw a very interesting quote from Will Lou, who does phenomenal work with Chris Boucher, his best friend, and he spoke about the environment of. Or, or the state of the team last season, how there was such a clash between the old guys and the young guys. And and I'm, I'm certainly paraphrasing here, but a, a lot of the veterans were upset at, at, at the treatment that the rookies were getting. They were getting more favorable treatment. Uh, it seemed like, you know, the Pascals and the Freds had a much more tougher route to their success. And it seems like they didn't like the idea that these young players were not – 
I guess to say not earning it would be a poor choice of words, but it seems like things, there was a lot more handholding, a lot more uh, leeway for them where they could make the mistakes and they'd be, oh, they get a pat on the shoulder where it might have been a different scenario for, for the last Yeah, they weren't working up the ladder. They weren't going up the ladder the way these Um, guys had to. Oh, they're talking about Scotty then. Well, not just, but look at Precious too, right? I think that's another scenario too. Uh, But uh, But Precious got called out though. Uh, no, what's the name? Uh, one of the things that uh, he said, Boucher said, was, you know, when I, I did the same kind of situations that these guys were doing, but I, because I thought I was way better than I really am. That's what he said. You know what I mean? Oh. So that's, I think, Precious, when I think of guys who think they're better than they are, I think Precious is the, one of the first guy, <laughs> Mr. Kevin Durant. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Curly, we interrupted you. Oh, no, 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 no. But, um, it just seems like there was so much more going on behind the scenes than we knew about. And and it just seems like as the days go by, it seems that holds true. Um, it, it definitely begs the question what this team would have looked like if they, if everybody was on the same page, you know what I mean? Um, would, would Scotty's second year look very different? Would, um would OG be a little bit more satisfied with his role and and so on and so forth um it, it seems like that that a refresh button was definitely needed and they got that now because last season seems to be a lot worse than we thought it would be like how how relieved are you Nigel to hear that what we thought was going on behind the scenes uh behind the scenes sorry not the scenes but going on behind the scenes holds true today. Okay, before anything else, Mac, has Curly gotten, like, is he like Shakespeare in the park now? Did you hear that whole soliloquy there? That was pretty good, brother, right? That was good. The delivery man. is, yeah, it's sharp. Dr- yeah, nice drama effect. I like it. I- I've been watching The Forgetful Curator. <laughs> <laughs> on repeat. <laughs> on repeat. Okay, so there's only one episode. Nice try, boys. Okay, stop it. <laughs> What was the question again, Kelly? <laughs> I'm just, I'm just asking you. Are you relieved to know that what we thought about last season? Oh yeah, with the vibes oh, being what yeah. they were. Are you totally happy different. to know that it's, it's going in a completely different direction now? Yes, I am extraordinarily happy to see that what what is going on right now with this team. And like I said, I was, I have been off Twitter since. After the you know the Joan of Arc game, where uh, his daughter was screaming out there, right? So I've been off Twitter since then, right? I just did not know want to know what was going on with this team. So I'm I've been rejuvenated. I'm back. Hallelujah! I've seen the light again. Okay, boys. <laughs> that, that's great to hear, Mac. You you're a bit of a prophet, you know, among us. You know, you've been making these predictions and Max Stradamus. Uh, what's your what's your takeaway uh, do you like the way that they have one we have confirmed what we thought all season long last year is true and that it seems like vibes are back i mean <clears throat> it seems like the the vibes were tarnished from fred and nick because those are the two guys who left and all of a sudden everything's good again <laughs> so, <laughs> wow so, scapegoats i mean I mean, that's like, right? Like, it seems like that. That's the only two main guys that left. Yeah. And everything all of a sudden feels good again. So, yeah, that, there's that. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
I think I'm just I'm just I'm just connecting the dots because he's talking about vets. We we heard about Scott uh, Scotty and Fred had a little bit of a disagreement. He's, they're talking about the young guys not agreeing with the older guys. The only young guy getting in big minutes and and a bunch of chances other than Precious was Scotty. So I feel like it's it's all pinpointing to that. Anyway, um, yeah, I th- I think it's great that the vibes are back. Uh, again, that's why there's a lot of pressure on the front office now, because now you got rid of the two guys that may have caused some issues, not maybe not on purpose, but there were two guys that maybe weren't aligning with what you wanted to do in the future. They're gone now. So let's see what happens with this team. Yeah, I'm with I'm with you guys. I'm definitely happy that vibes are back. Um, and I'm definitely happy that they, they have no more excuses. Like it's either put yeah, up or shut it. up now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like do what you got to do, do what you're getting paid to do. And that's from management right down to the ball boy or girl. You know what I mean? Just go out there, do your job, and um, and let's see what happens. I, I think we are going to have a more fun team and more entertaining team. Um, I'm still waiting to see if it's going to equal out to wins. But at least this team is going to be a lot more tolerable to watch. But uh, one last thing. <laughs> I guess Nick Nurse or a Raptors uh, adjacent with Nick Nicky Nurse going to the Sixers. I get their second best player in James Harden wants out, uh, has yet to attend a preseason game, but has maintained his professionalism throughout. Um, How is that for dating and professionalism? <laughs> hey, I'm just shows hey, up don't, late don't you... for camp. What the hell is that? Hey, He's, this is probably... a direct quote. This is a direct quote. Harden <laughs> That's what I'm has saying. been what kind of spin is professional this and oh engaged God. when present with the Sixers despite the continuation of his trade request. It seems like Nick Nurse went from one bad situation to a worse one. Um, you know, you have an MVP caliber player, you know, an MVP in Joel Embiid and, and Tyrese Maxey, but I, that's your next best player is what like Tobias Harris, you, right? Right, and and, and is he in the league still? Is he still in the league? Hey, <laughs> if you ask Tobias Harris, he said uh, I saw it on Twitter that he should have been a multiple time All Star. Wow, wow! <laughs> like celebrity game All Star? No, I'm joking. <laughs> no, I'm joking. He's a great player. I'm he's, just he's, but that kind of money he was making was just outrageous for what he was doing. Yeah, you know, a little I, bit ahead of his time. Yeah, I, I really do think so. But um, he, he's been a consistent player. It's not his fault that he was getting paid or he maximized his value. I think we should commend his agent. You know what I mean? If no, anyone, absolutely, absolutely. Right? You know, kudos to you, uh, Thaddeus Young and Tobias Harris. But. Um, <laughs> Can you imagine they're the same agent? Like, oh, that'd, that'd be amazing. Yeah. I, I should, we, should, we should get him to represent us. Jimmy know? Butler <laughs> should get him. That's what should have happened. But speaking about James Harden, it doesn't seem like a, a trade to the Clippers is going to happen. Mac, I want to start with you. <laughs> is there a team that can benefit from James Harden's, I guess, services, if you want to take a gamble on it? Is there a team that comes to mind? Yeah. That would gamble on James Harden. And it could potentially be fruitful. The only team other than the Clippers, it sounds easy, but the Lakers or maybe even the Rockets. Like that's because he likes Houston and in Lakers, at least he has LeBron and AD and stuff. But those are the two teams I think would actually take him on. Like it has to be a team that has like a superstar. Or a city that he loves, <laughs> so it's it's Houston or LA to me. Nigel, what, what do you think? Is there a team that could benefit from Mr. Harden's services? I'm just thinking about all all the big teams now, right? They're basically filled up with guys. 
I, I, I don't see anyone out there. Um, only team I could suggest think of was Philadelphia. I think he fit great with there between the, the big man and Nick Nurse coaching him. <laughs> I, I just don't see anything out there really that you know what he's you know he's had Brooklyn situation, he's had this situation, he's at Houston, right? Nothing seems to be satisfying to him. So at this point, I don't know what he wants, right? Or where he would where what's gonna make him happy to be a fifth. Yeah, you're not wrong. But I think there is a team. Oh, here we go. Sherlock Holmes. Sherlock Holmes. In, in terms of market, in terms of a team that could benefit from his ability, that has the assets and it's not really going to hurt the team too much. And they like chaos. I think the New York Knicks is the I was just going to say <laughs> I was going to finish your sentence. <laughs> add another lefty to the mix. I, I, I see a scenario where R.J. Barrett possibly goes with a package of of a Fournier potentially a quickly and some draft capital if they are willing to to get that much I I don't know what trade uh, what his his value is right now I'm just looking at from a salary standpoint I think RJ and Fournier probably make up his salary so that you could probably throw in some draft picks but I think a lineup of potentially uh Brunson Randall and and Harden you know, for a team that's and Grimes and Grimes yeah. and all that, I I do see a scenario if if they're able to to keep quickly and and still get James Harden, that's that top seven isn't looking too shabby. What, what do you guys yeah. think about that? Harden or Cat? What do you think better there? Hmm. Sorry, you said Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah, I think yeah Towns I, Towns. Oh, or like who's better? No, who would be the fit in New York? You think Towns? Really, Mark? I, I would put Towns at the five there. You know, um, I don't. The thing with Harden, I'm thinking about the coach too. Like, Tom Thibodeau is not going to do that with... not, That's the one thing I was thinking. Harden and Thibodeau. But he's got yeah. you know, Harden and Nurse, though, right? That's an interesting. You know, Nurse is a bit of a hard ass, too, the same way. Yeah. Yeah, but it's. But it's I. Harden, I, man. And, yeah, he, and I know. Nurse had a. Yeah, sorry. No, sorry. Go ahead. Finish your thought. Um. Yeah. No. Sorry. I'm just saying. Like, nurse. Nurse has said a lot of great things about Harden and the way his ability to break down defenses. He's put up a whole scheme to take him out the game when he was with Houston. Um, and then that's the game where I think it was Ben McLemore just lit us up. But anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I I don't know. Knicks on paper would be would make a lot of sense, but like Nigel said, like he's run himself out of so many organizations. I don't think they're gonna give up. RJ Barrett and stuff for him because it's like we don't even know what you're gonna give us, man. Like you don't even know how how much your heart is into this team. So yeah, I don't know. It's, it's gonna be a low ball offer, whatever they get. Yeah, uh, yeah, you may be right, but I think where in terms of the the, the way or, or at least the way that the Knicks are constructed, like when teams zeroed in on Jalen Brunson, they didn't have that other player, especially if Randall is such a such a crapshoot, you know, one season he's good, one season he's bad, or, you know, during the regular season he's great and during the playoffs he's bad or vice versa. Uh, having somebody of of Harden's caliber kind of gives them that wiggle room that if Brunson's having a bad game or Randall's having a bad game or somebody else, like at least you have a fallback with somebody that can attract the defense, create those uh, open opportunities for the, the you know, for the Quentin Grimes of the world, for example, or even uh, a, a lob threat for uh, Mitchell Robinson and, and, and his ability to run the floor. Having a player like Harden 
uh, would be beneficial, but I, I just, I just think I just want to see the Knicks burn. So, uh, that's it. I mean, they're used to it. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> People are really yeah, giving the Knicks sense. a lot, though, right? They're giving them a lot of respect this year, like four again. I, I just, I don't even know how they lucked into four last year, but they, they, I don't, I don't see the talent there. You know, I really don't. But they did a great job with them, and everything worked out well. Mostly because of that second unit, but still, they needed a point guard. And I think Jalen Brunson kind of catapulted them into that direction. And um, do I see them being a fourth seed again? Probably not, but they were a hard, a hard nosed team. You know, they brought their lunch pail to every game. They grinded out wins. They found ways to win. Um, and you know, one night it was mostly Brunson, but you know, you have RJ stepping up, Randall stepping up. Uh, they didn't have that option last year pre Brunson, but um I, I like him, and I like Jalen Brunson. I think that low key, I want to see him do well, but um, it's still the Knicks. So forget New York; I don't care about them. <laughs> and uh, you know, we'll just leave it off there, folks. That is a podcast. Uh, thank you to all who have tuned in. Uh, I appreciate your patience. The reason why I took some time away is that I didn't want to just throw in filler pods. I wanted quality pods. And I brought in quality guests like Mac, wow. like Nigel. He's, he's sucking up to us, Mac. I like it. I like this one. It's because I'm not paying you guys. So I got to <laughs> but boys, thank you for jumping on. It's always a blast with you. Uh, Mac, I know you're a busy guy. I appreciate you taking the time. Um, you know, a, a lot of off-court commitments. I appreciate that. Oh, and I appreciate so it. many. <laughs> I appreciate you taking the time, man. Let the people know what you got cooking, man. I mean, I got running off the screen podcast coming up uh, every week during the season. I'm thinking of switching to Mondays, but I'll keep it to Saturdays until I find a good pocket to switch it to the Monday. And yeah, I'm going to be adding segments in, turning it into like a low key, like radio show. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be entertaining. It's going to keep you engaged. Um, Yeah, it's just fun stuff. And Nige. What you got going on, man? I know you got the 905 cooking now. I'm going to be <laughs> attending some games. I actually, I actually nice. work on those ends. So nice. I might be coming like right after work to go check out. So we'll definitely connect there. But I know you were working on a forgetful curator. Have you taken it out of the vault yet? Yes, I talked to aware. Okay. I'm going to get three of them out really, really quickly within this week. It will be done. I'm going to start pumping them out. Okay? It's just so you're going to get ready. There's going to be some really, really good stuff in there. And... I'm starting to write again. I got another piece ready to go. Almost about. I just I started down there, down the road. It's Bravo. called the the summer of our discontent. Be a little story about what happened this summer and where where things are going. And if I might say something, boys, uh, the three of us have something in the works as well, and we'll be making some announcements about that later on. And we hope you can come in and uh, support us when uh, we do get started. Absolutely. Um... We're very active, boys. We're very active, <laughs> you know. Busy. We're just we're just busy, busy guys, uh, and we're still finding time to put out great content. Um, Nigel, Mac, thank you once again, folks. If you have not checked out their work, please do so. Um, Mac is way more available than Nigel right now, but Nigel has three more episodes coming out, so be on the lookout for the forgetful curator running off the screen with Mac. You will not be disappointed. I think this is going to be the last pod, and then we're going to get right back into the reaction pods. I'm looking to tweak the format a little bit, uh, a little bit more insightful, 
and just more entertaining uh i i think is the goal you all of you have who have been supportive from day one i appreciate you i appreciate you continuing to rock with me and i'm gonna do my best to keep you entertained for the next 82 plus that's right i'm putting it out there we're gonna have 82 more than 82 games i'm hoping it's just, just not 83 that's that's the hope that's the prayer um if you have not done so already please subscribe rate and review the podcast it'll mean so much if you take the time to do so and until the next episode everyone please continue to stay healthy and stay safe good people peace